Oh, hello, ambush, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast here with me, your host, Colton G. And today on the show, we're joined by Ill Vibe for round number three. Yes, that's right. Ill Vibe returns to the show, and this time around, we're going behind his new track leave the lights on it is the second to last single off of an upcoming album hymns for the underdog that comes out this friday yeah this a friday so we're going to dive behind this new track we're gonna dive behind this new album where ill vibe feels that he is truly becoming his most vulnerable self and making the music that he is the most proud of in doing exactly that. We are also going to take some time to dive into the number one Lyric video company in the world, LyricVids.com, because if you haven't heard our previous conversations before, then maybe you don't know that Ilvibe and his wifey Jessica are the power couple behind LyricVids.com. We're going to take some time to dive into some other things too, like Heavy Ox Records, the entrepreneurial spirit and energy, and oh, so much more. And I am incredibly excited for this conversation And it is all brought to you by DesertTigerMerch.com where you go to copy yourself something to represent the DTP everywhere that you go. And now that you know who our guest is, now that you know who the show's brought to you by, I think it's time that Ill Vibe told you a little bit more about this upcoming album and this new track. Leave the lights on. Let's go. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Oh, yeah. Brother. I am great. Doing fantastic. How have you been? Good, man. Great to see you. Uh, Congrats on all the success on the podcast. It's really been fun watching it become, you know, this kind of like entity. And every now and then I'll be like on the internet and I see one of my musician peers and they're like on your podcast and stuff. So it's really cool, man. Yeah, it's very cool. No, it's, uh, you know, growing, growing exponentially these uh, last couple months, which is dope. And I see that you've been doing pretty much the exact same thing, just in a different way with uh, Lyric Vids, with Heavy Ox, just continuing to build your various uh, enterprises, the things that you have your hands in, my friend. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Awesome. I love seeing it, too. I love seeing it, too. It's uh, You guys look like you're mad busy. I mean... Um, it, it got you a lovely fireplace by the looks of things. So, it did it? Did congrats, congrats on that, my friend. That's been a kind of hype to watch too. Yes, yeah, it's, it's. I'm very happy. Uh, spent a, a long time in a very very tiny apartment, kind of just like put in the work, and then uh, we made the plunge last year, obviously, to buy this property, and uh, it's been kind of like an exciting and overwhelming venture, but uh, it's so far so good. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, there's so many things that you don't think about, and I mean, as someone who's in a small apartment, it uh, inspires me to continue my grind to get on that level for sure. But it's it is just seeing you like, oh man, like 
The bathtub doesn't fit through the doorway. There's not good enough internet out in this area. Just like all these things that you've had to solve while continuing to run this successful business. And you've just been able to just keep it all afloat, which is incredible. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's been, uh, I'm going to go close the door. It's been quite an adventure, but today we're now on the home stretch on the house side of things. So. Ooh, nice, nice. Glad to hear that. Close the door so I can make sure the sound is nice and good. Love it, love it. And I mean, we're connecting today to share a little bit of that illy love as always here with round three with the boy. So I'm pretty hype about that. Diving behind some new music, your first track since November 2020, my friend. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's been the, you know what's crazy is that I've, I've had to slow down releasing music, obviously, because of what's um, happening in the world. And, you know, you kind of like, everybody kind of slowed that, slowed down a little bit. You're not able to do the videos like you want to do. You're not able to tour like you want to do. So, um, but I haven't slowed down because the music's not the best music I've ever made in my life. Is in my, is burning a hole in my pocket right now. So uh, Leave the Light On, which comes out tonight at midnight, will be the first of, will be the first of those. Nice, nice. Finally getting back to it after, like you said, it's been a weird year where you can't really tour. What is releasing music and hyping music look like? So this definitely gave you a chance to uh, see and navigate how the world's going. And then hopefully with things possibly opening up soon, also gives you uh, a little bit of material for once you finally can hit that stage again. Yeah, 100%. Six, six. So let's dive a little bit into this new track here. This uh, Leave the Light On, which drops the day after we record this. This is going to interview released next week. But the song, by the time you seeing this, the song is out right now. You should go and listen to it. So Illy, take us a little bit behind this new track. Well, listen, so Leave the Light On is a really introspective one. It's a really personal song for me. It's all about uh, my journey as like a human being in this, in, this, in this crazy world. I ran away from home at 16 years old and then I've kind of been on this like, you know, Forrest Gump movie type of like adventure ever since then, you know, for 20 some odd years since then. So um, I wanted to kind of write some of those feelings down into a song and share some of that, kind of the pain that, that goes with that and some of the... Um, you know, the adventure and the, and the hope that, that comes with that. And I think it's one of my favorite and one of my best records I've ever made. Uh, in addition to it being so personal for me, um, I had the privilege of having some really talented artists and producers assist me with it. Uh, Kenan on piano and uh, my boy Dan Intricate out in LA. He's actually whistling on the song and then we like auto-tune the whistle. So it kind of becomes this like eerie kind of sound in the background. Um, and then of course, uh, we got TJ on guitar. And so we've had this really like, uh, cool mix of musicians kind of contributing to the record from each of their respective homes during the pandemic. So that's kind of been a, a fun side story of making this song as well over the last year. Sending files back and forth from here, there and everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. And you said you're trying to capture that energy of a kid who ran away from home. So now that you're releasing this song, does that mean that you finally found that feeling once again? Yeah. The thing that I've been saying is that like, you know, obviously I 
I haven't been homeless since I was 16 years old. I, I've had somewhere to live by all means. Uh, and I know some people have had it a lot worse than me in that regard. But this, where I am now, this is the first time I've had a home home, you know, like a backyard I can go to and like somewhere that's really permanent that I feel like landlord can't just like boot me out, you know, um, since, since then. So it's definitely been uh, an emotional experience for me because uh, I wrote the song before I bought where I am now this is my first home. Um, but it was definitely about like, I had met my wife and I was finding some like safety in the world and some permanence and I had found my place and everything and my company was successful. So even though I didn't have my home yet, it felt like I had like found that, that safe and security, you know? And so that's what the song was about when I wrote it. But then now that by the time it's come out, I actually have a home. So in a lot of ways, I feel like this is the song of like somebody who ran away from home and then like put in the work and like went to war and then eventually kind of found the way back again. Okay. So it's not just the physical home. It's also the mental home, that comfort feeling of home with the wifey, the pooch, and just being able to know that you're providing for yourself, which is pretty damn hype. Listen, it's uh, for me where I'm at, I'm at with my music is I'm trying to really tell my story in a meaningful way. You know, when I was a bit younger and I'm not too old yet, as you can see, the grays haven't kicked in all the way yet, but, uh, I was, I was a little bit more of a trend chaser and then I would have fun hopping on like whatever, like the hot trend was in music and just playing with the toys. Like, Oh, this is what people are doing. Then let me, let me see, let me put my, my spin on that. But recently I feel like, you know, the value that I can bring as an artist is to tell my story in a more personal way. And I think that brings a, a vulnerability and a potency to the music that maybe my older stuff didn't have. And, and that's really, I think, what this record's about. It's about, like, sharing, like, what it actually feels like to be me. You know, and I think uh, when you listen, you get a little bit more of a sense of what it's, what it's like up here in the, in the madness of my brain. And uh, um, it's a little bit sad, but not too sad. And it's uh, a little bit hopeful, but it's not corny. And I think that's kind of like, you know, the universe where uh, I'm most comfortable somewhere between those two vibes, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a point at not overdoing it, but at the same time, you're trying to capture some powerful emotions. It's the, you know, this is the stuff that you talk to a therapist about and I've never been to deep, I've never been to therapy yet. So y'all get to listen to it right now. You know, that's what it is. Hey man, if it works, right? If it works, it might even be cheaper. It feels good, man. It feels good. It feels good to say, that's what I always tell my friends when we're talking about songwriting is if you want to make a record that matters, you got to write about the stuff that keeps you up at night. Because if it's, if you're writing about anything else, you're people already know people, people already know that like, you know what I mean? That the, mu the music feels good and that the sun is bright. These are things people already know. It doesn't mean you can't make great records, but if you really want to make a record that matters, I think you got to write about the stuff that like when you're lying there and you like smoke too much weed or whatever, and you're lying in bed, what are you thinking about? What's the stuff that occurs to you in that moment? And so I've been putting my money where my mouth is a little bit more on that and, and writing about that stuff. Mm, that's it. And like you said, it helps to introduce the listener a little bit more to you. And like you also said, is it helps you to present yourself a little bit more. Because like we said, we've already had songs about so many different things and you can continue to try and capture other vibes for so long. But music is supposed to help us through our emotions and it can be tough to be vulnerable, but once you finally take that plunge, it can also help unlock a lot of things. It's freeing, man. Listen, this is, this is how I think about it. It's like, so tonight at midnight, when the song comes out, it's called Leave the Light On. And then seven days from now is the album. 
it's sort of my last number of singles, Leave the Light On, and then there's one more song that's unreleased that's also on there. Um, and if it doesn't do commercially well, and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't, you never know what, where it's going to fall. Like some, you know, everyone's got their range. Some of your stuff kind of pops up here and some of it kind of slides in more than one of the radar. And if you make something that is purely trend-based and it slides onto the radar, what do you have left to fall back on? You made a song for, you know, the masses and the masses didn't respond. What, what, do, you, what do you got left? Uh, so for me, I think about it like this. If I make music about me and I express myself in a really like honest and emotional way, then I, I improve as a person. I, I process something I like. I, I, I get to experience that and uh, communicate that to the people I care about. And it's like, it's a freeing and uh, healthy way to approach, I think, the things that I think about. And now if it doesn't pop, if it doesn't blow up and the world doesn't freak out about it, I have something great to fall back on. That song is me on in audio form. That song is, is real. It doesn't matter that it wasn't commercially successful. I have something uh, that I'm glad it came out. I'm glad I put it together. And so I think, again, as I kind of like mature in my musical career, I want to be, I want my art to be less predicated on it being commercially successful for me to feel happy about it. I want to feel happy about it because it was a, a meaningful piece of art. That's kind of my approach now, you know? And so, and by the way, I hope it does do really, really well. And I hope it, I hope it plays this. And I hope everyone goes and checks it. But if it doesn't, then I'm going to feel really great about it. Well, and that's it is it'd be awesome if it does. But even if it helps influence a few other people who also maybe have a damaged feeling of home, who are still trying to find that home, then that makes it just that much more valuable. Whatever. Listen, that's that's what it's about. It's like, you know, whether you're getting you know 30 streams or 30,000 streams or 3 million streams, if you ask Drake or you ask, you know, your cousin Jake, anybody in between, it's going to be. The messages from the people who heard it and went, oh, man, like, I you know I had a similar experience and that really resonated for me. Those that's what you remember. Like, I don't I have no idea what what my stream numbers of my songs are. I have a sense of which ones are more successful compared to other ones. But I don't I, I, don't, I don't keep track of what the streams are. But I can tell you a lot of those messages that I get because that means something to me. It means something to me when someone goes, I heard this. It connected I, you know, I kept listening to, listening to it ever since or whatever. And it's like that, you know, that's, that's why I do this. I do this to, to make me feel better, to make other people feel better, uh, you know, and have some fun along the way. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the magic of it, right? Is it's when you get that one message where that person's like, you helped me through some really dark times, or it's like, it doesn't matter how many records you sold. If you possibly helped influence one life to try and chase their dreams or to live their life more fully to themselves, my goodness, like that's priceless. That's me. I'm, I'm, I really do try to like share that kind of positive outlook and try to, you know, always be realistic about it. I, I try not to approach things with rose colored glasses, especially in this music industry. There's too many people willing to like, just like sell you the dream of like fame and fortune about how awesome it all is. And I, I'm not that guy, but at the same time, I do try to talk about like, how somebody can make art in a sustainable way and how not to have your heart broken if the record doesn't, doesn't blow up commercially, you know, to my younger musician friends. And then for people who are just listening to my music who aren't musicians, um, well then, you know, it's about that transparent and vulnerable, you know, willingness to share yourself. And that's how I am as a person, you know, when I'm hanging out with my friends, I'm that guy who's like, you know, willing to talk about whatever. And so I, I, I like to bring that in my music, you know? 
Awesome, awesome. That's it. Is it's uh, you're trying to inspire numerous people, and like you said, from whether it's Drake to your cousin Jake, baby, you never know who's gonna take this song and internalize it. And my goodness, do I love that line when I saw it in a heavy ox advertisement? I popped so hard. <laughs> oh my goodness, and I mean we. I personally know that all of your tracks happen to have a very uh, strong visual identity as well. So what sort of visual world are we building here for Leave the Light on? Is there a music video coming our way? Lyric video? What, what, what's going down? Yeah, well, I mean, I think with, like, like a lot of artists, because of what's going on, uh, the, the shooting of like really dynamic music videos is tough right now. Um, and as you know, and probably the listeners don't, I run a video company called lyricvids.com. We make animated videos and lyric videos. And so the uh, award-winning team here at lyricvids.com made me a video for Leave the Light On, uh, produced by Jessica and Chris, two talented animators here at the company. Um, and so, you know, the vibe of this one is a little bit more abstract. It's a little bit more into like vibe of the music, showing like lights being left on in the distance and you know, trying to kind of paint that picture a little bit. Um, it's a really, really cool visual, unlike any of the other stuff that I've put out, which just makes a lot of sense because the record itself is pretty different from other stuff that I've put out as well. What with like uh, acoustic guitar and kind of whistling being the, the two primary instruments. So um, I think it's, it's a different whole kind of look and feel for me on this one, um, which this whole album is kind of like that. So, uh, you know, in seven days when the album drops, it's got slow down, which is like classic, you know, like early 2000s R&B. It's got Nova King, which is like my uh, shot at uh, classic rock. Uh, Bulletproof is kind of some sad singer songwritery stuff. Uh, the bottom line is kind of like uh, litty, like almost like the weekend energy in the production. And so I, it's really an eclectic different mix of, you know, my favorite things. And so uh, this song, we, we fully rounding it out with something kind of, uh, different from me with um, Leave the Light On. And then the last song, the last song that isn't out that will be on this collection of tracks that's dropping in a week's time is a song called The Hard Way featuring Dio Gibson. Has Dio been on this podcast before? Uh, twice, actually. Yeah, there we go. So me and Dio, we haven't made a record together in a couple of years, and so I thought it would be really fun to have him rap a verse on this song. And that, and that one is entirely different. That one's got church organs played by my man Etienne, uh, bass guitar by my man Etienne, and he brought on uh, his homie who's like a, a church organ player. And like, we fully make kind of like a, like a gospel-y vibe record on that one. And so we, we this, this album is all over the place. If you come in just for old school Illy raps, this, this ain't the one. Uh, but in saying that, there's a couple of dope rap verses kind of peppered throughout on some of the different records and some different vibes. So um, was, I'm, I'm really proud of the material. And uh, the album, as, you, as I've kind of alluded to a few times, is a collection of the songs I've put out over the last year. You know, I've put out some of my favorite records ever. And right now they're kind of floating like, like separate little babies in the streaming ocean. And I thought, um, you know, to put a ribbon around this year of this crazy year, uh, I'm going to put kind of all those songs on one project, put a couple of new, new ones that I had been saving, you know, leave the light on in the hard way. Um, and then kind of put, put that in a little bucket so that I can kind of, I don't know, man, it, it kind of encompasses the music that I was making around the time of COVID and right before, uh, before we dive into what will be, um, you know, I think a wild post-pandemic music scene, which is, I don't even know, I don't even know what that looks like yet. I'm excited. I don't know. I don't even know what that looks like yet. 
<laughs> We're all gonna have to adapt again, that's all I know. <laughs> Just gonna be ready for it when it comes, baby, let's go! That's it! Exactly! <laughs> awesome, I love it, and I'm glad to hear that you're including all of your 2020 releases along with this new album. So what is the title of this new album? It's called Hymns for the Underdog. Um, it's, uh, I played a gig in Germany two years ago, and uh, it's called Reaper Bond Festival, and I had a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and I was there, drunk and stoned in the streets, and somebody handed me a, uh, like a pamphlet for the festival. And I open up the pamphlet, and I turn to, I don't know, let's say page 10. And I go to page 10, and I find myself in the, in the, in the pamphlet for the festival. And it says, Ilvile, his music is hymns for the underdog. And I don't know who wrote that. I don't know which crazy German person wrote that. But I was like, that is amazing. That is, that, what a great summary of like, what I'm trying to do. Uh, and so I kind of put that in my pocket. And I said, when I'm, my next time I've got a little collection of music that it's applicable to, I'd like to kind of put that title on it. Um, so I still don't know who wrote that, but I'm, I'm happy to, to use it. And I'll give them the royalty share when the time comes. <laughs> Whenever they make themselves known, right? Yeah, I, I, for real. I hope one day someone does email me and says, I, I, I was the writer who wrote hymns for the underdog. And uh, I'll owe him a little something. A little something, something for sure. A little respect for helping to uh, help create this next chapter of Illy. And they obviously like understood me. You know, even though I had never met this person, they understood me in a way I, even I maybe didn't understand myself. So uh, it's, a, it's a fun story. And so that's where the song title came from. Um, and yeah, the artwork has uh, got a painted version of me smiling and cheesing on the front of it and just feeling good. And, uh, I'm, I'm really proud of it. The seven songs that are on there are the best seven songs available with my name on. So for anybody who doesn't know me, if you're listening to this, you're like, I like this guy's style. I don't know if it's just pink hat or his big glasses, but I'm messing with this man. Well, this album, this seven songs is the best record, the best songs I've ever released. And so uh, you know, working backwards, obviously there's some other great records in the mix, but these for me are the ones that, you know, when I die, if you got to play seven songs, these are the ones to play. And so, uh, you know, when I say the seven songs that are all grouped together, it's not like seven random crap songs. It's the best music of my life. Um, it's just, you know, what the thing is, is they were going to go on a longer album. They were going to be part of some like, 15, 20 track album, but because of the way the pandemic slowed things down, that would take me two or three years to finish now. And so it just, it felt sloppy to wait a whole other year to like put those records on something. And also by then I would have lived a whole other life, you know? And so um, this, yeah, I've never made an album this short, seven tracks, but I think, you know, we all know what happened this year. And I think it's a, uh, it's a funny way to commemorate it is this sort of little, this short little album that, kind of got stunted because I couldn't kind of continue, continue it at the time. You know what I mean? Um, but it's, but the quality is there. So in this case, it's quality over quantity. Uh, and, and I think you're going to mess with it. Awesome. Well, I mean, I've messed with ev all the other Ilya I've heard before. I love the tracks I've heard from this album so far. I'm excited for the one with Dio Gibson. Cause I mean, I, I love pretty much anything with Dio and every time you guys have collabed, it's just pure magic. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. And I mean, of course, like you say, it would take you two, maybe three years. And part of that is because of other reasons like we listed before. You run a record label and you run one of the top, maybe the top lyric video company, number one 
in the goddamn world, lyricvids.com. My goodness, that, what a journey it's been for them. Like, you guys have been hiring, ed, like, video creators and everything. Like, it was just a small studio, like, what, a year and a half ago? And now you've got people everywhere. Yeah, so five years ago, uh, my business partner and my wife and uh, visionary Jess Robert and I started LyricVids.com. Um, just because we were in the street shooting music videos like crazy. And that's hard on your body. That's hard on your soul. You know, you're out in the sun and the elements and you're running home to charge, charge your camera gear. And it was tough and I really enjoyed it, but it was time to get out of the street, so to speak. So we launched lyricvids.com and it was a, just a little like side hustle, you know, people on the internet who need lyric videos and need video edits or whatever can, can buy something from us. And we're like a trusted supplier, you know? Um, but something happened about two years ago where, I think digital media hit a certain spot and our resume had kind of crescendoed up a little bit working with a few big names and, uh, and it, things kind of popped for us. So it, it, in 2019, that became the primary focus over the label. And to be honest, even over my music, um, most days, just because the business really exploded. And so, uh, in the two years from then to now, we've become the number one lyric video company in the world. We have relationships with every major record label on the planet, uh, from, Netherlands to Australia to uh, Western Europe in Canada and America, of course. We work with the biggest uh, DJs in Europe, the biggest trap artists in Atlanta, the biggest country singers in Nashville, and everything in between. Right now, we're working with Ray Charles, Olivia Newton-John, Paul Anka, uh, Violent Femmes, like lots of legacy acts. Um, you know, last year we worked with Drake and Whitney Houston and Adam Levine. And so it really like, you can see why it became the focus and all of a sudden we're working with some of the biggest artists in the world on, we have nearly a hundred million views on YouTube. So it's really taken over in a kind of way we didn't expect. And in a lot of ways, it's what paid for this new property that we kind of moved into. And yeah, we, we have a team of 12 illustrators all over North America. And we've got a team of animators that are kind of working around the Ontario, Canada area right now. Um, and we're in the middle of hiring more. So that's definitely been the focus. And What's really fun, you want to talk full circle, is the way that my music career is the kind of platform that Lyric Fitch was able to jump off of, right? It's like, I always kind of set myself up as this kind of entity who made videos and audio, and then Lyric Fitch kind of took that and ran with it in a way that I, I never really could, hitting new heights and new levels. And now that Lyric Fitch has done so well, it's paying to build me a recording studio so that I can, in fact, kind of take some more steps forward as Ilvibe again. So it really is a situation where, you know, even though when I say it's not the main focus, in a lot of ways, it's empowering me to make the music I want to make even in an even more free way because I can build my own recording studio on the premises and I can afford to have musicians and producers help, help me put together some of my dream material. And so it's a really funny adventure about how, you know, you do a thing that you thought was just a little side thing and ultimately it ends up being the key that unlocks not only that individual thing, but the main thing you wanted to do anyways, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, Lyric Vids is my baby. And so when you, when you see me, you're going to end up talking about Lyric videos. It's the thing that I love. Um, you know, right now we're in the middle of making some content that educates people on how to use Lyric videos more effectively, and how to get in return on the investment by Lyric video. And I'm really trying to be um, like a creative entity that pushes that medium forward because I have, I got some big ideas about how music used to just be audio. Now music is audio with video. And if you don't have video, you're fucked up. And it's like, 
it's like having a song without drums. It's like having a song without a melody if you don't have a video. So where's the where's the drums? As soon as you hear a record, you're like, I'm listening for the I'm listening for the drums. Where are the I don't did you make a song without drums? I think that's like that's what a video is now. It's if you don't have it, your fans kind of like, uh, I hear it, but I don't see anything. Where is the where's the visual part of this song? Um, and Lyric Bids is, is one of the, the companies at the forefront of that. Well, it's you have to diversify yourself as an artist with your videos, and you can take those videos and make them into various pieces of content too. It just doesn't have to be on your YouTube. You can take tiny little clips and you can put it all other places. And another thing too is diversifying, like with lyric vids, where it wasn't the thing that you thought was going to break, but you're making sure everything has its attention and is getting the energy that it needs so that eventually once one of them eventually did go, it did exactly that. It helped everything else out. I think one of the things that creative entrepreneurs aren't necessarily always great at is recognizing when one of your opportunities or one of your ideas is actually working. You know, so uh, a couple of years ago, I tried to launch a stock company. It did not do that great. Uh, I've launched uh, a couple of other video companies, a wedding video business, and they all made money, but they just didn't crack at a level that I would be in an interview talking about them, you know? And so when Lyrabit started moving, probably three years ago is when the needle first started kind of like, you know, it's like when you're fishing and that little bob and the little bobble, whatever starts moving in the water and you know you caught something on the end of your line. Um, when I first noticed that, probably the first thing that I was kind of like proud of is that I really honored that. I saw it. Oh, oh snap, this is working. People are responding to this in a way that they're not necessarily responding to all of my businesses and all of my ideas. I'm not going to be stubborn and try to push some other thing down the throat of consumers. I'm going to honor that it's working, that, that, that people are interested in it. And so, you know, when I first started, I, I didn't think of lyric videos as being my main thing. I thought of lyric videos as being a side video from your main video, and I wanted to shoot music videos. But the consumer says differently. The people said differently. They, they said, oh, this is a big thing. I'm too nervous to appear on camera. Or I've got a big feature on the song who won't appear on camera. Or I already shot a music video, and this is a, a remix. Or I'm out of money for a music video. Or though it's, it's the middle of winter and I can't shoot a music video. And then you start to realize the you know, 99 reasons that digital media can be the main video. And, you know, the first thing we did well here was we, we listened. We listened when the consumer said, yes, this is a thing we care about. We want more of these. And we invested, we hired people and we, you know, we pushed down that throat. And then we stopped shooting music videos. You know, we kind of. Um, so I think the lesson, if I'm to share a lesson at all for uh, independent creatives, it's that, yeah, try and diversify, try some different things and then listen. Because if you're, if, you know, if you make sculptures and no one cares and it's silence, radio silence, and then you, you know, do pop art and no one cares, it's radio silence. But then one day you do hats and you sell 10 hats, fucking pay attention. <laughs> You know what I mean? And I sort of feel like that's what, that's what we had happen is that it worked. And so we paid attention and, 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 and the, the mantra I always use is I try to, when I try to honor the success that since there is some success, I don't want to take that for granted. I don't, I don't want to just assume I'm going to have a hundred more ideas that work at that level. You really want to, you know, get behind the one that worked. And so that's, that's really what we've been doing over the last two years. Um, and part of the reason why I've slowed down on the music a little bit so that I could, 
cement the roots of that, of that money tree a little bit more firmly before I uh, moved on to some of my other ideas and whims, you know? Exactly. And that's one thing about it too, is what, as this continues to get more successful, is you continue to get more reputable and respectful editors and creators underneath your belt. That will give you more opportunities to try those different things rather than just being like, okay, well, I'll just try six things at once. And oh, dang, um, one and a half of them are maybe doing okay. Okay. Let's go for that. Right. Or it's, And listen, it's like, you know, I've got hobbies as well. We all need to be able to like do other things, but they don't have to take up that emotional capacity of like, of the thing that you are really like, you know, when you're really putting everything you've got into something, I think there's something to be said about that. And for me, I've really made a point of that being Lyricids and then um, the offshoot of that being Heavy Ox and the offshoot of that being my music kind of under the umbrella of Heavy Ox. Um, And this has become my, like my little mini media empire and uh it's kind of fun to see how each of the pieces kind of you know washes the back of the other one um right now i've got a song under my belt that sounds like a music legend there's a music legend that sounds lovely and i i wrote it with uh, my team of writers and producers and as i was sitting around with my wife and some friends like damn this sounds a lot like this superstar and then we worked with that superstar we worked with that superstar for a lyric video uh, a few of them and so I'm currently building up a plan to pitch the song to that superstar, but he doesn't know I write songs. Of course, He's, he buys lyric videos from us. You know what I mean? So it is kind of fun to like sit, to lay back in the cut and see, and like look for those opportunities where you might be able to leverage a relationship to kind of like push one of those other little ideas or dreams uh, further ahead. Mm-hmm. And you never know what other people you're going to meet in the future where they can help to unlock something where it's like, oh, I do this on the side or I have a friend or a brother or whatever it happens to be. As you continue to build relationships, that continues to help your opportunities. 100%. That's it. That's it. Is a lot of time uh, in my wisdom of my 30s is this, man. You, if you want to be successful, you just got to pick, pick a thing, pick a thing that you love. And don't stop doing it until you're unfuckwithable at it, until you're just like a ninja at that thing. That's the, that's the whole secret to success, you know? And so the way I think about like songwriting and music is like, well, I'm just going to write it out because I'm, I'm committed to becoming the best songwriter I can be. And one of two things is going to happen. Either that will never click over and mean anything in like a commercial way. Like we're never like, it doesn't actually kind of blossom into a thing that, you know, the world is excited about. Or it does. And if it does, I'm going to be really glad that we doubled down. And if it doesn't, and this goes back to the thing I said earlier, at least I lived in my, in my truth. I lived in my honest truth so that I wasn't just writing songs out of like a pursuit of fame. I'm writing records that is a pursuit of myself. And even, and even when I'm writing with other people, if I'm doing a songwriting session with some like, whether it's, you know, VB, the, the, the pop singer or, uh, you know, a number of other songwriters, the way our songwriting sessions go is tell me, like, talk to me about like, deep stuff. Talk to me about the stuff that you're upset about. Talk to me about the stuff that you're having anxiety about. That's what I want to write songs about. And that way, if it doesn't come out or if it doesn't blow up, I will have learned something about you at least. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like with the technology growing and otherwise, a lot of fans want to know who they're listening to, who they're supporting. So give them that piece. Let them in. Let them in. And listen, I'm excited. I'm excited to go from the digital to the physical. I cannot wait to get back on stage. I can't wait to get back on the road. 
Um, it's been, I was touring with Cryptic Wisdom and King Moses up until the day they closed the, the U.S. Canada border. I got back in Canada like hours before they closed the border. So I'm glad I at least got to scratch my itch right before kind of lockdown happened. Um, but now, as you know, as we all know, it's been a minute since I've had a chance to do that. Uh, and you start to wonder, you start to wonder, like, how long is it going to be between times that they get a chance to perform? And how long is it going to be before live music feels as uh, as natural as it did the last time that we did it when we were on the road, right? You know, I was, I was performing at a strip club at the beginning of the pandemic thinking, I wonder if I should be doing this. I'm sure this is not okay. Uh, and then, you know, it's funny to think that that's my last show until like maybe, you know, 2022, you know? Mm-hmm. And then who knows what that first show is going to be. Maybe and- another strip club in Wisconsin. Maybe, maybe. Kick it all off where it all ended. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic, man. I've had a blast running through this new single, this upcoming album, what's been happening with Lyric Vids and Heavy Ox, all of that amazing stuff. I have one more question, my friend. Are you ready for it? I'm re- I've been ready. Born ready. All right. This is actually a question I've started asking since our last time we've connected in 2019. So over this period of two years crafting this album, the explosion of lyricvids.com and everything else that has just been going on in your life, how has all of this helped you grow or what has it taught you about yourself? Wow. This is a question you've been asking everybody? I've, this is like, I literally write it down as the last question. <laughs> that's a good question. Um, damn, that's a really good question, yo. I, I got a million answers, but that's a, that's a, that's a really meaningful question. Um, well, let me tell you, I have been on a quest to discover myself it, over this time. And I think the thing that I learned is what makes you a good artist and what makes you the good president of a company is the same thing. What makes you a good animator and what makes you a good creative director is the same thing. What makes you a good podcaster and a good husband is the same thing. It's being, it's, it's finding yourself, being yourself, being happy as yourself and trying to find a, like a good cohesive balance as a person. So as you kind of find that balance as a happy individual, you know, some people go to therapy for it. Some people meditate for it. I write music to try to find that balance. As you find that kind of a happiness in your life, that's what makes you ultimately a great artist and a great musician. Because now that you've found yourself, you're going to be able to communicate that. Same thing as a leader or as a head of a company. Once you find yourself and you know what matters to you, well, then all of a sudden, you know where to begin each day. You know where to begin, which projects matter to you as a company, which, what types of projects matter to you. Because all of that is based on who you are, what you want out of life, and what you're planning on doing with it. So I think... I spend a lot of time thinking about that, thinking about those baseline things. Who is Anthony? That's my real name. What, you know, what do I want in this world? What do I want in this life? And how do I make sure that what I'm spending my time and energy and money on every day aligns with that? And I think that's how you be a fulfilled person. And that's how you don't be a bitter person. And I think that's how you be good at whatever thing you're trying to be good at is finding that kind of peace and connectivity with yourself and with the world around you. My goodness, I love that answer. Becoming one with yourself and the things that are around you, letting the magic happen and not not letting things knock you off course. I love it. 
All right, all right, Ill Vibe. Thank you so much for joining me here today for round number three. My absolute pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the continued support. And thank you for being, you know, a beacon for art uh, and independent artists in Canada. It's, it's a really important, you know, piece of the pie. There's a lot of people with a perspective and it, we need more people like you who amplify that perspective. And who, of course, you add your own perspective and you, you're a really valuable piece on that way as well. But, um, you know, what you do in terms of helping amplify other people's art cannot be overstated. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for saying that. I appreciate that. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. Ah, Ambush, I hope that you enjoyed this conversation here with Ill Vibe. This round three is a we dove into his new song, Leave the Lights On, from his upcoming album, Hymns for the Underdog which releases this Friday, and you can find the majority of the tracks, the singles from this album already on your favorite music streaming service, and I highly suggest that you do exactly that. And if you're a musician who's in the market for a Lyric video, I highly suggest you head on over to lyricavids.com to see what sort of magic Ill Vibe and the team can cook up for you. And with that, it's now time to give Ill Vibe a roaring DTP. Thank you for joining us here on today's episode of the show. I need to thank German from yourpodcasteditor.com for making things sound so good. Like the audio wizard that German is. And I need to thank you, the Ambush, for tuning on into this episode of the DTP. If you have yet to join up with the Am, it's as easy as hitting the subscribe button on your favorite podcast listening app or service. You can also help the DTP grow by sharing this episode with your friends, your family, on your social media. You can give the show a five-star review on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And you can also head on over to DesertTigerMerch.com. Got yourself something to represent the show. And with that, it's about time that we said our bye-byes, but not before I leave you with this. Go out and find your mountaintop. Your oasis, the thing that makes you want to jump out of your seat, that makes your heart want to jump out of your chest. Your roar. And then let that roar out into the world and let them know just how powerful, how wondrous, and how beautiful you and your roar are capable of being because you are all three of these things and oh so much more. And until next time, bye-bye, Am. The Desert Tiger Podcast.